Hello and welcome to the In Publishing Podcast. Our guest this week is Andrea Thompson, Editor-in-Chief of Marie Claire. We would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Acorn Web Offset, the Yorkshire-based specialist A5 and A4 magazine printer. With high-speed web offset and sheet-fed printing, together with in-house saddle stitching, perfect binding and mailing services, Acorn can cope with the most demanding of production turnarounds. Acorn prides itself on its efficiency and low-cost print production. For more information, visit acornweb.co.uk. Andrea Thompson is Editor-in-Chief of Marie Claire, the iconic women's magazine which went digital only last year. Andrea, welcome to the In Publishing podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So can we start by talking about your journey to where you are now? Did you always want to be a magazine journalist and how did you set about becoming one? Well, I always had um, an interest in other people's stories. I love um, talking to people um, and finding out you know, the unique thing about them. And that goes back to as long as I can remember, all my friends always said I was a very good listener. Um, I find human beings just fascinating. So I thought, you know, about doing something that might um, enable me to to listen to people's stories, like being a psychologist. But, you know, journalism appealed to me, um, because I've always had a real Um, interest in politics um, and a sense of social justice. I came from a background and a household that was very political um, and politics was talked at home a lot and the idea of, um, you know, inequality and racial injustice. So um, I, I, I grew up sort of feeling that I wanted to um, amplify people's voices that you often didn't hear in the media. And so I think that uh, that 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 started very early on. I studied English at um, English literature at university um, and then came out and worked in book publishing for a bit before moving into journalism. And, And how did you make your first break into journalism? I sent off about 100 um, work experience request letters to various brands um, within the what is now Bauer building. And I managed to get some work experience on an old magazine that no longer exists called Look. Um, and um, following that, did some work experience at L and Red and L Deco and really enjoyed the interior side of things and ended up getting my first break at um, Ideal Home. Um, and from there, I moved to Woman and Home, Glamour and then the Daily Mail, um, where I think was the most sort of formative part of my career. Um, I was there for just under five years working as a, um, a senior features writer and then uh, moved over, did a bit of stuff in TV and then joined Grazia before I came to Marie Claire. So um, I've kind of worked all over really. Um, but what I think um, holds all of those uh, kind of rolls together is, um, you know, a strong interest in sort of ethical journalism, um, exposing wrongdoing. I worked as an undercover reporter for a while um, for the, the the Daily Mail and Channel 4. And um, I really enjoyed exploring and exposing um, injustice 
And that's why I think Marie Claire was a good fit for me. Um, I'd worked at a few magazines in the past, but Marie Claire has always kind of stood for, um, you know, uh, campaigning. It has a strong sense of campaigning and a real global outlook, which really appealed to me. So what does it mean to be editor-in-chief? Can you talk us through your role and responsibilities? Um, Well, I suppose being editor-in-chief is like being a custodian of the brand. People know what Marie Claire stands for, and it's my job to uphold that. So, you know, for me, it's about, um, you know, uh, overseeing the content strategy across all the platforms and um, commissioning content um, that sits around our core pillars, which are sustainability, empowerment, mental health, and education. Um, And I work with um, my digital editor um, and um, the team to deliver that sort of very careful balance between, you know, traffic-driven stories um, and the kind of longer reads and features and campaigns that fit with Marie Claire's core DNA um, to support the commercial success of the business. And when I talk about the sort of core DNA, it is that sort of um, campaigning um, element, that real genuine feminist agenda that Marie Claire has always had, which um, has, you know, makes us slightly different from other brands out there. And that really comes across on your website. I love the uh, story you've got up at the moment about how women can stop men um, taking over in Zoom meetings, for example. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so last year, Marie Claire closed its print edition. I mean, obviously, you know, you will have seen the magazine industry change, ma- go through massive changes over the last decade. But now you're digital only and you're thriving. Um, what's that journey been like? Um, it's been a really exciting year and a really busy one, I have to say, actually. Um, we've invested in events and, you know, built up um, and strengthened our affiliate platforms and launched several campaigns as well. Um, digital covers were um, a, a part of that um, journey as well. We, we, um, we've we done two, one with Neelam Gill, mental health activist and model, and also with Lily Cole, who's a real sustainability campaigner, um, both sort of really embodied that sort of Marie Claire campaigning spirit um, as well Um, and then we've also done a lot of events you know even through lockdown we started the year with the hair awards we've had um, the beauty our sort of um, flagship beauty awards pre Uh, the skin awards uh, are coming up um, next week and um, we're planning future shapers um, as well which is our kind of core franchise which celebrates um uh, career women, well, women that are doing brilliant things and, and giving back um, and paving the path for, for other women. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's been a strange year for all of us, obviously. Um, obviously, we've spent six months of our first year as a digital first in lockdown, but I think that's really played to our strengths. You know, I I think it must have been quite tricky working on a, on, on a monthly during this time. It's been um, really, um, I found it really liberating to work on a daily um, and be able to be truly reactive to the to the news around COVID and lockdown. And um, we we launched a campaign called In This Together during the first week of lockdown, and with a really strong focus on mental health, but also looking at the way that women's lives have been impacted. Um, because of COVID. 
um, everything from sort of looking at the, the gender pay gap to the to, to, to inequality um, the, and, and the gaps that have widened um, in lots of communities throughout lockdown. So I, I found it, you know, um, a really exciting time to, to, to be digital first, because, as I say, we've just been able to be truly reactive to big movements like Black Lives Matter and um, and some of the some of the. Um, new stories that have come out around inequality um, and, uh, you know, key workers uh, related to COVID. And those events, have you had to make them virtual or have you been able to hold any live events? Well, we actually kicked off the year with our most successful sort of hair awards ever. That's an annual event. And that was Mm. really, really, that was brilliant. And um, that was in January and that was um, our last live event. So um, this year we have um, done two um, virtual events and we're about to host the third one. um, And we'll do a fourth one um, towards the end of the year, um, our future shapers. And it's been a real learning curve. I think I would never, ever have imagined that, you know, we'd be able to do some of those key franchises um, virtually if you'd asked me back in January. But we've pulled off some really exciting events as well as the usual stuff. You know, I've appeared on a lot of panel discussions um, for COGX, for example, the leading uh, digital festival um, earlier on this year and various committees um, and panel discussions that have discussed diversity and inclusion in light of what's happened this year around the Black Lives Matter um, movement. So, you know, there's been, I think everybody's had to adapt and pivot and look at offering their content and campaigns in a really novel way. And, 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 and that's been really exciting. And you've talked about um, making that shift from a monthly to a daily. Um, how have you gone about making an impact as a digital only brand? I know you've touched on, on some of the things like digital covers, but what, what are your main goals and priorities? Um, I mean, I think it's about sort of upholding um, what Marie Claire stood for for 33 years, you know, championing change and being, you know, part of the difficult conversations and embodying a genuine feminist agenda and being sort of, I don't know, um, at the forefront of conversations around diversity and sustainability, but also bringing the messages of Marie Claire to a wider audience than ever. Um, And that's kind of been the goal, as well as um, some of the um, brilliant commercial um, developments that we've made. So we've really scaled out our e-commerce activities this year um, with massive development around our um, sister site, Marie Claire Edit. And that's kind of really about expanding our reach to even more partners and, um, you know, offering um, more touch points points for people um for the brand um and we've also launched our uh, beauty sampling um business uh marie claire beauty draw and you know in the first month we've already had twenty two thousand um subscribers so i think it's about the goal is really about being able to offer our audience so many different touch points to purchase across the whole ecosystem of marie claire and really um focusing on that user engagement and growing out 
you know, the big loyalty programs for our readerships. And that's what's really been different um, from from working on a print because we've just been able to engage um, and put that energy into engaging with women um, in the palm of their hand, if you like, um, which is, you know, their phone, through their phone, which is where we all spend so much more of our time now. I mean, I, I, I love print and I obviously um, did my training in print, but I, I, I found it fascinating um, you know, working on uh, a digital first brand that is kind of putting all of the energy into where uh, people are actually consuming their media um, digitally and through their phones. So it's been a really great journey. So how are you going about building engagement with your readers? Are you considering subscriptions or membership offerings? Well, we've recently launched the Marie Claire Beauty Draw, which now has over 22,000 subscribers in less than two months, and which has been brilliant for us. And I think things like that are a really sort of new way to engage our loyal beauty audience um, and offering sort of our readers um, the chance to sample products from brands that are editor approved. Um, we've also expanded our fashion site, um, the, the edit. Um, and I think also, you know, on a content level in terms of the editorial, building engagement is about, um, with, with the readers, is really around kind of um, leading the conversation around those core values that Marie Claire has always stood for. So having an opinion um, and a stance on some of the big topical issues uh, that are happening today um, and also driving um, and campaigning for, um, for for gender equality which is a, and, and, and um, racial equality, which is really um, at the heart of, of, of what we stand for as a brand and always have done. Is there anything about having a print edition that you miss? Um, not on a daily basis, no. I mean, what I I, I suppose um, one of the things that I could say is um, sometimes, you know, something that I, I, I look back to with nostalgia is that time to, to, to work on something um, that and, and and really polish it so that it's um you know uh over over a course of time so that when 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 it goes out you know you've 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 spent a lot of time working sorry I've talked myself into a spot here <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't really miss anything about print I'm trying to say something positive yeah that's fine that's fine that's um, fine Earlier this year, you wrote an editorial about casual racism and how it's necessary to change the structures of our institutions, including the media. What do you think needs to change in the media in general? And what are you doing at Marie Claire in particular to make this happen? Well, I think that um, for a very long time, there's been a real absence of role models um, within management in the media and certainly when I was entering the industry um, there just weren't people that looked like me um, and I got I had the sense that I had to that, that, that there was a way that you had to um, be in a background that you had to be from to succeed uh, I think we've we've made some great strides since then with 
um, you know, uh, a, a lot more diversity at the helm of um, publications. But there's still so much work to be done when you look at look across at media teams um, it, w- within the UK. They are still predominantly um, a certain demographic, and I think that what it's about doing is looking at the way we recruit and casting the net a bit wider, um, doing outreach in schools, um, you know, doing um, paid work experience um, initiatives that mean that you're not drawing from the same pool of talent that can afford to work for free, which has always been the way in the past or for very low wages, which means, you know, you, you, you're not often getting the 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 the, the, the di- most diverse range of um of talent and it's also about um recognizing within our organization um our organizations that there there is a problem and that it needs to be tackled and you know certainly um at um Marie Claire we we've tried very um consistently to uh, draw talent from a range of backgrounds um personally I do mentoring and I've always been very keen to mentor um young women who are from um socially and economically deprived backgrounds who might not um have considered um a career in the media industry so uh, I think it, you know that it's about looking at some of the learnings this year and putting in place systematic changes within our companies that ensure that we can pull in and retain um, staff who are from different backgrounds. And you mentioned there that when you started out, you didn't see that many people who who looked like you um, working in the media. What has been your own experience of working in the media as a mixed race woman? I mean, my my experience has been, um, you know, generally a positive one. You know, I've had a a brilliant career and worked at a range of different publications. But I have experienced casual racism throughout my career and the sort of comments that uh, can make you feel, even when you get to a certain point um, on the ladder, like an outsider, like you shouldn't really be there. And that's really damaging um for anybody's confidence and you know it happens less now that I'm in senior position but it's still um really disheartening to see and hear um comments that and generalizations about um black people for example and uh, people from different backgrounds that can casually be said in conversations, whether it's about looks or about, um, you know, presumptions made about education and background um, based on the, the colour of somebody's skin. And I think that's still a big problem in our industry. And it's something that I've experienced firsthand um, and that, you know, has happened up until very recently. You were recently appointed to the British Society of Magazine Editors Committee. What will that involve and what do you hope to achieve? 
Well, I'm really excited to have been invited um, onto the BSME committee. Um, I, I mean, the first thing that, that, that I'm going to be tasked with is being a judge on the annual journalism awards. But in the long term, I'm really looking forward to being part of the education initi initiatives that they've, um, they've implemented, um, which is all about providing opportunities to people from socially and economically disadvantaged areas to break into journalism. And I think that's really important because the future of magazines, and when I say magazines, I'm not just talking about print magazines, like digital media that's in a magazine format. Yeah. Um, the future of that is very much, I think, about being um, a, a, appealing to a, what the widest possible audience. And that means, you know, having subject matter and voices that reflect society so that people carry on buying um, magazine products and you know I really care about the future of magazines and so you know I'm really looking forward to being involved in um, helping that happen. And uh, Marie Claire you've just produced a major report on the future of work obviously all of our working lives have changed massively over the last year how have the working patterns of you and your staff changed as a result of Covid and and was that part of the thinking behind this report? Yes, well, um, since the first week of, of lockdown, um, we as a Marie Claire team have been working from home. And um, I'm, throughout, the, throughout the whole of um, the lockdown period, we've explored different themes around um, working from home and mental health. And so it was really interesting to work with a huge global partner like LinkedIn to look at um, the patterns around you know, working from home and how it's impacted people um, over the last six months. And what we actually found in the survey was that, um, you know, almost two thirds of people actually never, never want to go back to the to the nine to five. Um, and that really rings true with what we've seen um, within my own team. We've worked brilliantly remotely since March. And, you know, on being on a, a fast paced um a, a digital publication like Marie Claire, um, you know, people have sort of just focused on getting the very, very best daily content out. And it, to me, it doesn't really matter whether people were would be in the office or at home. It it's worked so well, um, just sort of having um, meeting up on 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 remotely and um, and people working. Um, at home that I don't see us going back to a nine to five Monday to Friday model and um, I don't think it's that beneficial I think people have worked really well during the period and um, you know we we're seeing you know the acceleration of perhaps a pattern that had started way before lockdown um but that is actually really inevitable and it, it's better um in a, in a lot of ways for um for women and it means that we can um that people from outside london who have that huge commute um you know a, 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 a don't have to do that on a daily basis so um you know, it, it was a really interesting report to be a part of um, and to um, see how the, the trends that we've seen on the team are reflected in the rest of the country. And do you think that going forward, there would still be some um, sort of physical element? Do you think you'll still have some meetings in person? Um, I mean, you've talked about how well the online meetings worked, 
but I suppose people often think about magazines as as a sort of creative hub and do you think that you'll retain some of that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying that we would not go back to the office, um, but I don't see the nine to five Monday to Friday model being something that we'd do anymore. Um, I, you know, I'd see sort of three days in the office and two days from home following, you know, when when all of this is over. Yes, um, yeah. Being being normality because you cannot replace that that um, creative um, process of brainstorming together as a team and also just the general back and forth kind of ideas generation that happens um, within an office environment I think that's something that we we are missing what happens on zoom calls calls is that often it formalizes um, a meeting and actually it's really nice to just walk up to somebody at their desk and say hey what do you think of this you know and 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 have a bit more of a casual conversation um and that's something that you know I think we are missing and we're looking forward to doing so yeah, yeah I mean definitely. I, I definitely think that, they, that, that that we'll resume that and in fact just before Boris's announcement we were due to go back um uh, right. at the beginning of September but um it's been put on hold now so I look forward to going back you know um at some point but yeah I I don't see it being sort of the the full week as it as as it was in the past yeah sure so what's in the pipeline over the next few months for Marie Claire and your team well um in the lead up to Christmas we are there's a there's going to be a big focus for us on um affiliates and um we're you know most of the team at the moment are working on um prime day and um black friday and some uh, cyber monday some of the key shopping events before christmas we also have our annual future shapers um uh ceremony and awards which will be obviously virtual this year and um next week we have our um first ever skin awards which is um, a celebration of all things skin a month's activity on the website but also um you know presenting the the, the the best products out there with an award um on behalf of Marie Claire so I'm really looking forward to that so lots going on for the next few months fantastic and finally outside of work what do you do to relax I've always been a key keen runner um I started running um at school and I did competitive running um, and have always um, used it as a way to switch off um, but also just to um, you know it's something that makes me really really happy so through lockdown particularly starting the day or ending the day with a run has been a complete lifesaver for me and I find that that's really, you know, my 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 go to thing to switch off, as well, of course, as um, hanging out with my family. Uh, kids are brilliant for helping you to um, live in the present. So I think that's that's a really key thing to relaxation as well, although quite tiring at times. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Well, Andrea Thompson, thank you so much for being our guest on the In Publishing podcast. Thank you. A big thank you again to Acorn Web Offset for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for a new magazine printer, 
then check out their website at acornweb.co.uk or contact Matt Carey on 07714 299 105 or by email at matthew.carry at acornweb.co.uk. Thank you to Andrea for being our guest this week. Andrea can be found on Instagram and Twitter. Her handle for both sites is at Andrea Can Write. You can check out Marie Claire at www.marieclaire.co.uk. If you would like to get in touch with us, then our email address is editorial at inpublishing.co.uk. Thank you for listening and please join me next week on the In Publishing podcast.